Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. This is something that I've been looking at for the past several weeks. It's just been on my mind, and I've kind of avoided, avoided it and tried to go the other way, but it's something that just stays on my heart uh, in the book of Jude. So uh, Jude chapter 1, I want to give you just kind of an introduction. This is one of those books that, uh, that, that saying we interrupt this program uh, to bring you a special bulletin. Uh, it, it's one of those that uh, when you read it, it, it seems that, that Jude was, as a matter of fact, he, he starts out saying that I wanted to talk to you about uh, our common salvation. But then it's almost like he was interrupted with thought or, or revelation, and he goes into uh, talking about the need to contend for the faith. So that's what I want us to look at tonight. And so join me uh, as I read this in Jude chapter 1, beginning with verse 3. Jude writes, he said, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray tonight and just ask Holy Spirit to come to challenge us and to speak to our hearts tonight that, that we grow and mature uh, from the Word of God. Father, we love you tonight. We're just thankful for the opportunity to stand in this place tonight. We're thankful that you blessed us with resources uh, and, and things that we've needed to be able to do this live stream broadcast tonight. Father, I realize that without your blessing, without your anointing, I'm nothing. So I ask tonight, Holy Spirit, that you would come and that you would speak through us, speak to uh, those that are listening tonight, God, that we would be challenged. And, Lord, tonight, God, that our faith uh, would, would grow. And, Lord, that, Father, that you would receive the honor and the glory in all that's done. And we'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Jude, as he was talking, uh, you know, and he, he, he said, I give all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation. And it's a common salvation for all of us, especially in a time that we're in today and, and the season that it seems that our nation is in of so much unrest, so much uh, going on and uh, racial divisions and things like that. Uh, and and, and I, I think really that, that you know, that, that Christians have, have been silent too long. Uh, and, and I think that, that God wants to challenge us as men and women of God that it's time to stop being silent. It's time to begin to use our voices and use the resources that we've been given, that God's placed within our grasp 
to, to declare the gospel and the word of God. Jude called it a common salvation. And it's common because it's a salvation that's for all people. Jesus, Jesus didn't die for just one race of people. He died for all people. John chapter 1 and verse 12 tells us this, But as many as received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God, even to them that would believe on his name. The gospel of salvation is a message of hope for all people. And, and we know that if there's ever been a time that we needed a message of hope, we need it now. Uh, and and uh, Acts chapter 4 and verse 12 says there's salvation in any other. Uh, there, neither is there salvation in any, uh, any other, for there is no other name under heaven uh, given among men whereby we must be saved. Jesus is, is the common uh, core of our salvation. And uh, so as Jude was talking about what he had wanted to, to write uh, and talk to these believers about, about this common salvation, uh, undoubtedly some other things uh, came up. Some other things began to weigh heavy on his mind because he recognized that, that there was a threat that was coming against uh, the faith, coming against the gospel. And so uh, he interrupted what he was originally writing about, and he began to talk about uh, the, the contending for the faith. Now, you know, many times we think, well, you know, God's working this out, and, and, and God's will's going to be done, and uh all, everything's going to work out, and it's going to everything's going to be good. But listen, I, I want us to understand tonight that that if we, as men and women of God who know the truth, if we stay silent, if if we don't use what God's given us, we stand a chance of of losing in the end. No, we're not going to lose our our salvation and uh, all of that, but we're going to lose our families, our children our grandchildren. I want, to, I want to talk to you tonight, especially those of you that are moms and dads and, and grandparents. Recognize where we are. Recognize what's going on in our culture. There's never been a time uh, in, in, in the history of this nation where it's become more evident that our nation is turning the other way and turning away from God and and moving into uh, godlessness and, and all of these things. And that's what uh, Jude was talking about. He was speaking when he, when he said that, uh, it, that we need to earnestly contend for the faith. Uh, you know, 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12, Paul uh, was speaking to Timothy, and he encouraged Timothy to fight the good fight. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life where until you, you've been called and you professed a good profession. So what Paul was saying to Timothy was this. Timothy was in the ministry. He was, he was a pastor. He was the leader of a church. And Paul the apostle was encouraging him, Timothy, don't, uh, don't get lax in defending the faith. Don't get 
uh, comfortable and, and, and realize that there's a battle going on and a battle uh, to uh, water down and dilute the gospel. And that's what Jude was talking about when he, when he said uh, to contend for the faith. He was, he was uh, talking about people that uh, had crept in. He said they crept in unaware. We need to understand that, that this wasn't some uh, red-suited devil that had horns on his head that, that all of a sudden showed up in church one Sunday morning with a red pitchfork and, and began to say this. But this was something that, that crept in unawares. It was, it was a sly, subtle move that, that the enemy uh, brought in and came into the church. You know, I remember years ago, uh, that that uh, we went through this season of time where uh, people were seeing a devil on every corner, and every time you turned around, it seemed like it that somebody was saying that's of the devil and that's of the devil, and and all of that, and and uh, and we we missed what the enemy was doing because the whole time the enemy was coming in unaware, creeping in. Uh, slyly and moving in like an old serpent coming in and bringing in these these ideas and these ideologies and doctrines that were that were creeping in that were meant to dilute the gospel and and to water the truth down what Jude was talking about was was people that that were coming in and and preaching that that uh, you could be saved and and that grace would cover uh, any sin that you wasn't bound to live a certain way, that you could go out and, and you could participate in uh, lascivious uh, actions, uh, sensual actions, uh, sexual misconducts, and all these other things, and grace would cover you. And, and he was coming against this because he recognized that these things were coming in and they were diluting the gospel, and people were becoming loose in their morals and loose in their standards. Listen, uh, I talked about this past Sunday uh, about working it out, that we have to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. I grew up in a time uh, where when you went to church uh, that, that, that uh, you heard sermons about Dressing. You heard sermons about uh, different lifestyles and things like that. And those old preachers of the gospel would, would preach. We called it hellfire and brimstone. They stood up against uh, the direction of our society. They stood up against movies. I remember so many times hearing uh, sermons preached about the picture show and, and things like that. And I recognize now the effect of those things and what the effect uh, they've had on our culture and upon uh, the church culture. But guys, I want you to understand that, that God's Word is a book of standards. It's a, it's a book of, of guidance and, and it's instructions that God's given us. God uh, never called us. As a matter of fact, He called us to separate from the world. He's called us to be different from the world. Uh, and, and 
I know this is not popular, and I understand that, that this is not the popular message for uh, the year 2020, but my goodness, ladies and gentlemen, we need to, we need to take uh, stock of where we are, and we need to recognize that, that if we say that the power of the gospel is good news, if we say that Jesus came to redeem and to restore lives and to change lives, if we say uh, that blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, then why are, are we not seeing these blessings? Why are we not seeing the power of God uh, work and change lives? And, and listen, I think it's because that so many times we've accepted this idea that, yes, I can get fire insurance, but I can also live like I want to live. And I know that there will be many that might say, well, you're just old-fashioned, you know, and you're stuck in your ways and all of that. But listen, I want you to understand, Jesus came to redeem us out of a world of sin. He didn't come to redeem us so that we could continue to follow and live like and look like and act like and talk like the world. There's got to be something about my faith that is different from the world. There's got to be something about my talk that, that is different from the office talk or the, or the talk around the water cooler. There's got to be something about my lifestyle that lets people know that there's, there's a difference in me. You see, that's the reason that Jesus said that you are to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. We've got to be different. But the church in many cases and, and many people, uh, because of these very same things that Jude was talking about when he talked about things have crept in unaware, that men have crept in unaware, uh, and, and they're challenging and, and, and opposing the faith that was once delivered to the saints of God. Listen, can I tell you something tonight? God is calling the church back to a place of purity. And I know that, that we're living in a time where people don't want to hear about purity. We don't want to hear about uh, holiness and righteousness. But I want to tell you tonight that that is going to be the thing that's going to redeem our nation. Those are going to be the things that's going to bring about a revival and a restoration uh, if we ever see it. It is coming back to a place of where we lay down our, our ideas and our opinions of trying to look so much like the world that we think we can win the world. Friend, can I tell you something tonight? I'm not going to go out and, and uh, get drunk and lay by an alcoholic thinking that I'm going to win him to Christ. I'm not going to go out and get me uh, dope or something and lay by an addict thinking that I'm going to win them to Christ. The, the drug addict and the alcoholic and the adulterers got to look at something about my life that is different. They've got to see a man or a woman of God that is walking with joy in their life, that's walking with purity and holiness in their life. And that's what the world is looking at. Listen, all of our ventures and all of our ideas and, and all of our uh, deals and things to try to get the church to look more like the world has failed. 
And listen, I, I know that, that there are things that we can do that, that will make the church appealing uh, as far as lights and, and music and things like that. But listen, we mess up if we ever think that a light or, or a stage presence is going to take the place of the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Listen, the anointing of God only flows in purity. Uh, and that's the reason that God said in the book of Isaiah, I'm looking for a people, a man or a woman uh, that has a contrite heart and a broken spirit because that's what God wants. That's where God flows and moves. Listen, Jude begin to come against this. And, and the book of Jude is, is one of those books. It's a hard book because Jude uh, just really cuts to the chase and lays things out and, and uh, calls, uh, calls it what it is. And, uh, and, and he, he, he was concerned about these things that were creeping into the body of Christ uh, to subvert, to water down, and, and to dilute the truth of the gospel. Listen, it is only the truth that will set us free. You know, I, I was thinking about today, and and uh, I was thinking about the the passage of scripture uh, in Matthew where Jesus talked about uh, the sower that went forth and sowed the seed, and and how that he sowed the seed, and and some fell by the wayside, and the Bible says the fowls of the air came and devoured those seed up. And others uh, uh, that he sowed fell upon stony places, and uh, they didn't have enough earth in them about them, and so they sprung up. And because there was no earth for them to get a good root system, uh, they they died, and the, they were scorched by the sun. Then some fell among thorns, and and Jesus said that the thorns sprung up and choked them. And those three cases there of some that are falling by the wayside, some that fell among stony places, and others that fell among the thorns is a picture of, of what the enemy wants to do because he, he realizes and he knows that when we get charged up with the Word of God and when the Word of God uh, as a seed gets planted in our hearts and begins to bring forth the fruit. There is nothing that he can do to stop it. Listen, the devil can't, he can't fight against the Word of God. He can't stop the Word of God. And when we arm ourselves with the truth of God's Word, we're going to see victory happen. And so, as we see what Jude was talking about there in, in the first part of Jude, chapters, uh, verses 3 uh, through 4, and we realize that these things were coming in and creeping in and unaware. We see uh, the necessity uh, in the hour that we're living in today that we need to contend for the faith. And that word contend means to stand up, to fight for, to battle for the faith. Listen, uh, you know, we, we look at everything that's going on today, and I was thinking about this morning uh, as, as I was watching my wife and, and daughter and Amber as they were working with the kids in the house, and uh, they were on computers and virtual schooling and all of that. And I began to think about, you know, I've heard so many negative 
uh, comments, and I know it's been a, a tough thing. I, I pray for you moms and dads. I know it's been hard, uh, and, and I know it's really uh, been, a, been a, an extremely tough thing to have to deal with, and, and uh, believe me, I'm, I'm glad to sit back and watch my wife and Amber uh, deal with that uh, this morning. But I was thinking about, as I was watching them, how many times I have said, you know, uh, and, and grumbled and complained about prayer being taken out of schools and, and the Word of God, the Ten Commandments being taken off the walls of our public places and all that. And, and as I was thinking about that, it was like the Holy Spirit said, what a great opportunity I'm giving people now to put prayer and Bible study back in the school. So I, and I know this is, this is a, a rabbit trail, but I challenge you, uh, Mom and Dad, take this opportunity. Take this time that you're having to do virtual schooling and, and set your uh, students down. Have prayer with them uh, before they start their school day. Uh, study the Word of God. And, and listen, uh, some people are doing it for nine weeks and others are doing it longer. But listen, ch I challenge you, take that opportunity to put the Word of God in. Uh, and, and the funny thing I thought about was that if we could get enough moms and dads and parents that were having Bible study and praying with their kids uh, before they begin virtual school, uh, the devil will, will work extremely hard to get them back in school. So uh, it would be a win-win situation there. So anyway, I just thought I would throw that in. But I, Jude was talking about contending for the faith, fighting for the faith. So we're in a time, ladies and gentlemen, that, that we've got to fight for the faith. We've got to fight for the faith. Uh, we can't be complacent any longer. Uh, and how do we fight for our faith? We do it by knowing about our faith. We do it by recognizing the importance of our faith. Listen, I not only want a faith that will sustain me, but I want my faith to be passed down to my children. I want my children and my grandchildren to grow up with the knowledge of the gospel of Jesus Christ that I've been blessed to have. And, and look, as, as we look out and we see so many things going on, we're, we're seeing that more and more that is being pulled away uh, by liberal ideas and progressive ideas and all these things. Listen, we need to fight for the faith. Uh, you can do that with your voice. You can do that with the resources that God has put in your hands. Facebook, other uh, social media outlets, you can use them uh, to defend your faith and not back down. Realize this this, morning, this, this evening that, that God, uh, God desires for us to stand up and be a light. It's not going to be popular, but that's what we've been called to do. That's, that's us being a light being the salt of the earth. I was thinking about Nehemiah chapter 4 and the story of Nehemiah going in and, and rebuilding the walls of the city of Jerusalem and all the opposition that Nehemiah uh, was facing and those that were working with him. And Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 16, I think kind of paints a, a, a picture of how 
we need to operate uh, in the hour that we're living in. Verse 16, he said, it came to pass from that time forth that the half of my servants wrought in the work, and the other half of them held both the spears, the shields, the bows, and their virgins. And the rulers were behind all the house of Judah. Listen to this. They which builded on the wall, and they that bore burdens with those that laid it, every one with one of his hands wrought in the work, and with the other hand held a weapon. For the builders, every one had his sword girded by his side, and so built. And he that sounded the trumpet was by me. And I said to the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people, the work is great and large, and we are separated upon the wall, one far from another. I read that today, and, and I thought about the place that we're in. Some people haven't been to church uh, in several months because of this virus, and others uh, have been to church sporadically. None of us have been able to really get in a service where we could mix and mingle, where we could love on each other, pray for each other, lay hands on each other. And I thought about that today as I was reading this when he said, uh, the work is great and large. Listen, the need for salvation has not diminished because of this virus. The work uh, that's laid before the church is still just as great today as it was several months ago. We've got a job to do. We've got, we've got a work that we need to do. There's still people that are dying and leaving this, this world without Christ. We have still got the responsibility of being a light for our communities and being an example for our uh, children. So the work is great and large, but yet we're separated because we can't come together. We're separated because of the social distancing and things such as that. So we're not able to come together. We're not able to, to draw strength from each other as we've been so used to. But that doesn't mean that, that all of it stops because I think we can find a great example from uh, Nehemiah and how that they were working in rebuilding the wall. He said, in what place thereof you hear the sound of the trumpet, resort there to us, and God will fight for us. And he said, so we labored in the work. Half of them held the spears from the rising of the morning till the stars appeared. So with one hand, they had a shovel or a trowel, and on the other hand, they had a weapon. They worked on the wall, and they guarded their faith. And this is a great example, I think, of what, uh, what we see uh, Jude standing up, challenging people of God, the Christians of that hour, challenging them to contend for their faith. Listen, let's, let's work with tools in one hand and a weapon in the other hand, the Word of God in, in our hands. And because there's much work to be done. There's much labor to be put out. Because I believe tonight, I believe that God is wanting to do a work. And I believe that in the, in, in the darkest of the hour, 
is when the light of God shines the brightest. It might look bleak, might look hopeless, might look every, like every time we make a few steps forward, we have to take four or five steps back. But I want to tell you tonight, God is still God. He still loves us. He's still on his throne. And it's time for us to begin to contend for the faith. It's time for us to not be silent any longer. It's time for us to take the boldness that God's given us and use it to bring about revival. Use it to bring about restoration in our churches and in our lives. I love you tonight. Thank you so much for being a part of our broadcast.